Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. This is episode 27, and the Destiny Show Podcast is part of the Robots Radio Network. And tonight, we welcome Jamie from Destiny News Hub. We're going to learn much more about Jamie and his amazing Destiny journey. We're going to learn about Destiny News Hub, and we'll discuss the major news and announcements that broke from Bungie headquarters in 2019. We'll dive into the latest weekly update from Bungie, and we'll give our predictions for the upcoming expansion, Shadowkeep, and what we can expect this fall and as a reminder you can find the destiny show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher anchor podbean and more you can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com and you can follow us at the destiny show on z twitter and also now you can find us live every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern time 4 p.m pacific on twitch.tv forward slash the destiny show on today's episode of the podcast we're going to talk about some really cool things on the show. We're going to dive into some news from Bungie and we're going to talk to Jamie first and learn about Jamie and what he does in our community. And before we dive into it, I want to welcome my co-host Shadow Price. How's your week going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Um a little bittersweet though. Um uh I know this is a Destiny podcast, but as you all know, I'm a huge Nintendo fan and everything. And then yesterday they just, you know, they just announced Switch Lite like a week ago. And now they just announced a new revision for the Switch. And you know, of course, you know what I do because I want the new stuff. I mean, it's going to have increased battery life, like double the battery life. So, you know. You sold your Switch, quick, didn't you? I, I sold my Switch and I'm sad. <laughs> now. How did I know yes. that? <laughs> so wow. I, I'm switchless for a month. Whole so, month. I mean, I, I'll be working in a lot of Destiny probably between now and then until I get my, until I get the new Switch comes out. So, yeah. Exciting. And now, are you going to be going for the Shadow title? <clears throat> I definitely want to go for the Shadow title. Um, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to get that flawless uh, raid done and everything, so... 
that's probably like the one thing that'll be standing in my way that will be the hardest to do. But sound, sounds like we can do it. You know what? I know just the guy to help. And shout outs to James Work. He is an awesome, awesome Twitch streamer. He is an amazing Sherpa too. Really great guy. Very knowledgeable. He was a guest on our show sometime last month. And um, we'll have to hit him up. Maybe play uh, some Destiny with him and see how he does the flawless menagerie. Yes. Yeah. So... And also, I want to welcome our guest tonight, Jamie. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie is the creator of Destiny News Hub. He's written so many articles for the last two years, and he has such great content on his website, uh, from opinion pieces to, to guides and news reports. So much great stuff. So, Jamie, thank you so much for being with us, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. It's uh, no, it's really good to be on the podcast. Uh, like I was saying earlier, it just feels feels mental that I'm here. Uh, it's the first podcast I've ever done, and you guys have had some really awesome guests on. So I'm just I'm really honoured to be part of part of a show that's had such cool people from from the Destiny universe, really. Yeah, and we're really honoured to have you on the show and all of our other guests, and we feel very grateful and honored to get a chance to do a podcast every week and talk to awesome people like yourself and learn about what you do in our community. And tonight, we're going to put you on the hot seat. We're going to learn much more about you with for our discussion with the Guardians. And I guess let's let's begin. Cool. So, Jamie, first, how did you get started playing Destiny? How did your Destiny journey begin? Uh, it began when the... Was it an E3? Whenever the Destiny 1 sort of pre-alpha was announced, that was that was my first experience with it because I'd not long had a PS4 and I downloaded the, the pre-alpha or you had to pre-order the game, I think, maybe. Um, it's that long ago now. But uh, that was my sort of first taste of it and you had those kind of three missions in a strike. And then you could just sort of patrol or or do some crucible, and I just I just fell in love with the the gunplay mainly. That was because like it was a really competent shooter even back then. So that was that was like when I first started playing, and then when the game came out, I just kept on playing and playing and playing um, through sort of the ups and downs of Destiny until Destiny Two, and and now here we are. Yeah, it's it's funny. We all have kind of similar stories when it comes to Destiny. And, you know, just it all started for us back in 2014 with the beta and everything. So, yeah. And before Destiny came out, we were playing uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. And before that, we were playing Halo Reach. And that was my first introduction to the Bungie uh, games. And ever since then, I just fell in love with first-person shooters, and I started playing multiplayer more, and I started to suck a little bit less playing online. <laughs> and um, ever since ever since Halo Reach came out, I was just very invested in the Bungie franchise, and for me, that was kind of the catalyst for where we are today, playing Destiny since beta since beta came out are you a beta boy as well oh yeah yeah definitely yeah 
Very yeah, cool. Yeah, we were hooked right away. I mean, it all, all it took was just like one day to like, we're like, wow, this, this game feels really good. You know, this, this feels like a really good shooter. Just like you said, yeah, a competent shooter, bungee like style and everything, you know, best in the biz when it comes to shooting mechanics. Mm. And, and sci-fi shooter. Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. go on. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys remember the blacksmith shader? Did you guys end up getting the shader? when the game first came out i had it on xbox i think but um i never i don't i think i lost it though because i i don't know what happened to the code and everything that i had for the so i think i probably did uh, have it but oh just can't just can't remember man i I think i must have because i played i played so much of it and had like some pre-order codes and stuff that rings a bell. Very cool. And uh, Jamie, so how did Destiny News Hub get started? Yeah, um, so just looking back through all the posts I've got on here, it's, it, it's just towards the end of 2016, early 2017, a guy called Mark, he was, he was looking for someone to, to write about Destiny 2. And... Um, I was, my job at the time was sort of coding apps, um, really kind of boring slash um, intense kind of days of staring at a screen and just loads and loads of text, but none of it made sense. Um, And I wanted to do something on the side to make a bit of money. And it just happened that our paths crossed. Um, And it kind of went from there. I started doing three articles a week and now... Uh, we're at the point where we're doing kind of one, one a day, um, covering the, the latest Destiny news. Like you've said, um, I, I actively go out and find other stuff to write about as well. But it, um, I've, I've sort of, I'm really grateful for Mark in a way because I've got um, free reign to kind of do what I want with the site, and he he focuses on kind of the the design and making sure we've got the right plugins and just kind of guiding me as to how to drive more people to it if that makes sense like where to share it and what time to put or schedule posts for um but otherwise he's he lets me do what i want (laughs) which is is really cool that's that's really awesome and you did a really phenomenal job with all the content and um the website is very well put together and you guys do a really great service for our community so Thanks for doing what you guys do. It's really awesome that you guys put out such awesome content on such a consistent basis. I know that creating content on such a consistent basis, it's not easy, especially, you know, when you have other things that are going on in life and keeping up on destiny. Yeah, it's it's hard to, especially with a game like Destiny, with stuff happening almost every day at some point like when a new season launches it's hard to keep on top of it all but uh no it's a real joy to write about it every day it's really fun it's nice to have a partner in crime too that like shares your vision and everything oh you know, too, to, yeah yeah definitely it, now what inspired you guys to start a destiny themed news website i 
think it was well mark mark um i think he's got a couple of websites he sort of runs but destiny at the time i don't think it was it was it was one of the points where um like destiny 2 people were kind of crapping on it because i don't know it was maybe the early days where the monetization was a bit kind of uh creeping into the game too much and um oh yeah with the microtransactions yeah and, and it was just sort of almost to the point where it was kind of ruining the experience um but i i played the game still just every day and um i don't know i was just i i on a whim because i because i've wanted to be a freelance video games journalist for forever since i was you know since i first played metroid 2 on my game boy um but, <laughs> yeah but it was you know when you've got a full-time job and you've got to kind of provide for your family and stuff you you feel like you can't take risks like that so i was just looking on a whim to kind of do it on the side and it just so happens that mark was there looking for exactly what i was trying to do looking for basically me um and it just that do they just our paths just like aligned it was really weird how it happened, but that's that's basically kind of how it worked. And do you remember the first article that you ever written on Destiny? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> first ever on Destiny, I used to also have a blog that I wrote for. That blog is now gone, <laughs> but but it was on there. I think it was probably, probably an article about... Uh, the beta actually and what you could do in it like the, the the missions and the strike and and the crucible i think it was kind of an, an an analytical article about what those things were and what they might be in the final game yeah there was a lot of speculation at first um how the game was going to shape up because i mean correct me if i'm wrong but you know we all know that it, they had to reboot like destiny in the beginning and everything when they unfortunately unceremoniously uh let go of jo joseph staten and uh the lead writer at the at the time for bungie and everything for destiny yeah and because that because it was supposed to originally come out i think in either late 2013 or early 2014 if i'm not mistaken but and then it got pushed to the fall of 2014 and everything so yeah, it yeah. seems like Destiny has had quite a few rocky starts and, and rocky bumps along the way with content releases. And overall, for me, I think Destiny is my favorite game because of the things they got right and the things that they did so well. Between the shooting mechanics, between the environments and how they looked... And just the immersiveness of the game between being able to play with all your friends and playing through your first raid like that. It was so rewarding beating Atheon for the first time. Oh, such a great memory. Pushing Atheon off the edge for the first time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting booted from the game because you didn't have a Gallarhorn. Like, special. Pulling the yes. land cables on Crota. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Do you guys the remember the land cave? <laughs> on the Cosmodrome? I, I knew. Watch? Yeah, yeah. I knew of it. And then I was like, I, I, I kind of, I was, I was sort of too proud to use it for a day and i was like no, no i'm not going to use it and then i went straight there the next day i was like this game's too difficult for me to or the, the grind is too long for me not to use this cave 
<laughs> you know what? Whenever there's a whenever there's a new cheese in Destiny, we always kind of partake and just out of curiosity, not even so much to like consistently do it, but just to see if we can. So, I mean, I remember I would literally level up my warlock just so I can try to tip Atheon off the ledge. And it was it was pretty rewarding. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty fun I mean, times. The first cheese we ever came across is uh, the loot cave, you know, the original loot cave in the Skywatch. Oh, man, I lost so many hours in the day doing that thing. And I got a few <laughs> legendaries out of it. But, you know, it was. And it's funny because I heard of farming in a game, you know, because I, I come from RPG backgrounds, you know, so farming was nothing new to me. I used to farm all the time in Final Fantasy games and everything. So it was just like, wow, this is this is kind of interesting. So I guess we just stand here and shoot. And then every so often, every 10 minutes or so, we go collect the loot. <laughs> <laughs> Those were some good memories, indeed. And also... Um, I remember when, uh, Omnigal Strike came out, when we were farming the Omnigal Strike to get that perfect grasp of Malak. That was a lot of fun for me. I remember playing through that strike with my friends and we spent hours we took and shifts. hours. We, yeah, we, we took, took shifts. Yeah. We had to take breaks to go eat and then we were back on the grind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had three man rotations like going like we you know different times we had like two groups of three running it and everything and then you know when one guy got tired we subbed it out for another one and everything so it was yeah it was really cool definitely and now Jamie I I think I know the answer to this but I'm still going to ask anyways what do you do when you're not playing Destiny or creating content for Destiny News Hub <laughs> um uh well well like uh, so earlier this year um i had well my wife had a daughter but it's my daughter that's a really awkward way of saying that i'm a dad um and at that point i quit my job and now i'm trying to be a full-time freelance video games journalist sort of live the dream but also be around uh to be a dad more so some of the time when I'm not playing Destiny or writing for Destiny News Hub, I'm writing for other sites or I'm looking after my daughter. And it's kind of between those two, like playing Destiny or looking after, or you're being a dad. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I can crazy. definitely relate on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me get this straight. So you, you, you had a child and you decided, I'm just going to quit my job and I'm going to do this and we're going to make this work. <laughs> that that sounds crazy. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. No, we um uh thought about it for um for about a year beforehand. Um as in when when my wife fell pregnant, we we kind of saved um and we've always spoken about me being a, a kind of around more as a parent, but then we just thought what if what if we just try and make it work? Because, because um, I mean, you guys have probably lived through something similar. But like when um, my wife and I first got married, we were living off pretty much less than one person's wage, um, having to pay rent and bills and stuff. And we managed to make that work. So we figured that we could make this work, and it's it's going okay so far. Yeah, I know all about that. Mm. I I'm a 
father of four. Oh wow! I saw. Um, so I know that this time right now is the mo- one of the it's one of the most important times in child life. Yeah. You know, just and, to be and, there. And being a father of four, we know that he that Shadow Price has been on the grind in more than one ways. It's not only <laughs> destiny. <laughs> Poor kids, that's crazy. I mean, that's where I want to be eventually, but man, that's uh. Uh, just take take your time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. So, Jamie, you recently interviewed someone very interesting, and you wrote a really awesome article about that on the website that you run, and it was with a 65-year-old Destiny player who you met on Reddit. And did you want to share with our listeners the experience of that and some of the things that you learned by interviewing someone who is quite a bit older and plays Destiny as well? Yeah, it it was so she um like i'm gonna butcher her reddit username it's something like shrey gay or some something like that it's in the article anyway um on destiny news hub but she um wrote a post on reddit just one of those kind of uh, i've just discovered destiny posts um and it was her son who's 20 and he introduced her to both destiny and well to destiny 2 and reddit at the same time and she just thought it was awesome that there's that kind of community around the game. So she did a little post um, and I saw it. And I mean, she got, um, unfortunately, there's just, you know, trolls online. So the post got locked and she kind of got a bit scared away. But I, I reached out to her um, in hopes that I could, could get her to answer some questions because I thought her point of view would be pretty unique. And, you know, she was up for it. She's actually uh, quite a cool person. I didn't get to speak to her kind of like we're speaking. It was purely over messages. But she um, she was really funny. She, um, her background is in tech. She worked on like some of the early computers, um, like very first computers. And she managed to get, um, she managed to get them from work for free. So she was able to play like Pac-Man and Pong and uh, Space Invaders on what you would call high-end PCs like 50 years ago. Like the Apple IIs back in the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, she was living the high life playing on those. And then um, yeah. uh, she said she she didn't play too many games. And when she did try and get into them, they didn't, they didn't kind of engage her, something like Skyrim and stuff, which I can understand because when I first played Fallout 3, because it hasn't really got that, uh, if you're used to playing a shooter that's kind of a mission that says, go here, do this, go here, do this, cutscene, and then yeah. some more stuff like that. Fallout 3 is very different. And I sort of thought initially that it was rubbish because it just had nothing for me to do. And I'm, and then since then, I've I've learned. But um, so, so she had a similar experience with those kind of games. But Destiny 2 is quite good in that it does give you that kind of short burst go here, do this, and then advance, earn loot, and kind of learn how the game works over time. Um, yeah, and she she's done quite a lot. She's, uh, she's what she got, her chalice is fully upgraded. Um, she's working through... That's amazing, because my yeah, chalice is not even fully upgraded. I know, wow. same. <laughs> Uh, she's um she's working on uh some black armory content at the moment because i think she wants to sort of work through stuff in order which i get uh so she's 
doing frames for Ada One at the moment and getting through getting through all the forges, and then she's gonna oh, try boy. and take on the ch- the season of opulence stuff. That's awesome. Uh, to- to your point about uh, Skyrim in those games, you know, great games and everything, but not very sociable games. Mm. And the difference between with Destiny, you know, it's just it's the social element and the social aspect of it and everything. So, uh, yeah, definitely, it's it's like I mean, it was completely new to me. It was like the first game that I could Destiny one with, like you were saying earlier, the um, the Vault of Glass raid. It was the first game that I went online and hooked up with some people online, and they weren't complete knobs <laughs> they were like they were just really nice and they were they they kind of helped me work through the raid even because i was just the worst and they were just like yeah we run it every week so we'll help you out and it was just a really fun experience and you don't get that with quite a lot of games yeah that's just very true there, there's a lot of people willing to help in the destiny community yeah, and the one so thing that I really love about Destiny is how cooperative the game is and how diverse the game is. You can be playing with somebody who's in their 60s or somebody in their 20s or somebody in their teens. It, it's just, it's it's a game that you can enjoy with everybody, whether it's with your parents, whether it's with your grandparents, whoever and I think that's what makes the game so special. The fact that you can play with friends, play play with other people, and you get to meet a lot of people through the Destiny community as well. And that's something that is better in Destiny than any other game that I've ever played before. Yeah, just, you know, it helps brighten their you know day and everything too. Like you're sitting there talking and shooting the breeze while you're playing through strikes or, you know, doing a raid or anything like that, you know, it's, uh, well, maybe not so much in a raid because the level of concentration, unless you've ran it about 50 times and know everything, but, you know, just like I said, the social element, social aspect, just being, you know, playing the game with friends and people that you just talk about anything while you're playing and, you know, it's just, yeah, absolutely. It's very, very therapeutic in a way yeah 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 definitely i agree 100 percent. and now jamie so what would you say for you was the most exciting announcement from bungie this year i was just thinking about this i i think to be honest it was uh the last word <laughs> when when that came to destiny 2 because that was like my go-to exotic in destiny 1 and when I heard that was coming to Destiny 2, I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it, it was so good in D1, you know, in Crucible and everything. Mo- mostly Crucible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just the fact that you feel like you're a space cowboy with the gun. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like the animation when you, when you, um, when you got it out, it's like the best thing. <laughs> it's so cool love that thing and the lore behind it too like they really doubled down on the lore with the return of the weapon and everything you know did it justice yeah 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 one thing that's really exciting for me that came out from bungie this year was probably this this recent announcement that destiny 2 was going to include cross save as a functionality 
And the fact that we're getting a full expansion instead of getting another annual pass this fall that we all were led to believe was the case. So getting that news, it was very, very exciting to hear that Bungie is taking steps to fix so many things that kind of weren't that great with the game, whether it be exclusivity, whether it be lack of cross-save, you know, and that was something that was really exciting for me this year. Yeah, I have to agree because I believe I, like, called it, too, once I knew that Call of Duty was going to be, you know, not cross crossplay they were gonna have cross play and everything you know across all the major consoles um and pc so i was like wow that was the first real big triple a game to allow this you know so it's like since that domino fell what's gonna be next and i'm just like you know what i'm calling it you know destiny it's like it's gonna you it may not offer cross play right away but i think cross save is is gonna be coming yeah, and that's, sure enough, that's a week kind of later, the first step, right? For them to fully mm. introduce crossplay, they they took a pretty big leap forward, and we kind of knew something was going to come as soon as we got the announcement that the most recent Call of Duty game that will be coming out in the fall it's going to have both cross save and crossplay. So that was kind of yeah. an indication that Bungie would almost have to move in that direction at some point, if not soon sooner rather than later yeah yeah i mean what what a way to to be able to like make a statement and like make a big splash you know now that they're independent and everything you know it's like boom cross save free to play you know first light i mean new light <laughs> i get that wrong all the time Is it first light or new light it, it it's new light it's, okay. it's why new does it light. feel first, like it should be first light What's that about? <laughs> first, first light is a, a map on D one. Oh, <laughs> it's a really go. big crucible map on the moon. <laughs> is that the one with so. a bunch of uh, vehicles? Yes, I yes, it is. I that map. Oh, you did. I love that. <laughs> I, I love that map. That's a great map. I, <laughs> I love the snipe. So that map is perfect for me. That and Bastion and Skyshock. I love all three of the big you maps. Know why I didn't like that map? D one. Because I was the guy getting sniped. <laughs> I was the guy who like spawned and all of a sudden it's like I'm dead but I don't know what killed me. Spawn die? Spawn die. Spawn die, yeah. Spawn so, die. Uh, that was the story of my life every time I played on that map. Oh, that map. So and good. Either yeah. somebody ran me over with a vehicle or I would get sniped. <laughs> One of the two things happened. That was the worst hey, thing. You got an achievement <laughs> if you did that though. You if you got that splatter kill with the vehicle on the map. So unfortunately, I did not get an achievement because I was not the one splatter <laughs> killing. I was the one getting splattered killed by everybody else. So, <laughs> but uh, dude, you got your icebreaker on that map. You're good. Oh you just, man, just whip out your uh, whip out your icebreaker, and I don't know about you guys, but I would love to see icebreaker come back in Destiny too. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that the other uh, day. I think it would be. Yeah, it would, I, I don't know if it'd be too powerful. But um, yeah, it would but, be really um, good. You know, but who cares? Like, let it be powerful. <laughs> Just make some make some boss mechanics that I'll require for you to do other things besides sniping it in the head twenty five times until it dies. There are ways to work around it. You know, weapons are meant to feel powerful. 
especially the ones that you grind out for. So that's why I think it's okay to have Outbreak perfect and everybody's just melting the boss in one phase because they have that gun. It makes the experience more special and it makes the grind worthy. And yeah, see, this wild. is why now this is when you introduce difficulty uh, levels like, you know, normal, heroic, and legendary. So you have a difficulty, difficulty. spectrum. Wow, yeah. it's been a minute since we had that. It's been since like Halo, right? Since we had legendary difficulty. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring that back. This is Bungie, man. Make it happen. Make it, yeah, legendary. Now, Let's Jamie, do it. are you a Halo fan? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What was the first Halo game that you played? Did you play from uh, the first one that came out with Halo 1? I think so. Halo 1 came out and me and my friend would go to the local store which was it's called game and uh we mm. played it there. that's your ga- that's our game stop yep yeah yeah so so we would play we would play it there and they had like a you know a machine in a box and stuff but we didn't really because it was just uh i forget it was like the first big mission where you can kind of drive around and you could just do whatever you wanted for oh a yeah bit. yeah but halo 2 so he he got halo 2 on like launch day and we used to i think for probably two years or something we would just meet up and play halo 2 <laughs> like in co-op we'd play through the campaign and just every difficulty and just to have it was so much fun that game was probably it was the a best. really fun campaign i i love that campaign i thought that campaign was phenomenal mm. nice no, just and, the, and then and like just got and even the the multiplayer was a lot of fun in that too yeah we never I d- because i didn't we we didn't have like um a decent connection to the internet or anything um me and him weren't we weren't like competitive we didn't like um versus multiplayer we only liked co-op so we just just hammered the co-op this yeah this was 2004 there was still dial-up yeah. so i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. it was <laughs> oh who remembers net zero <laughs> what <laughs> Uh, yeah i remember i remember net zero i remember it <laughs> oh man they sent me so many discs trying to get me to sign up or aol instant messenger oh aol yeah uh, we had msn no, messenger msn oh man MSN. you're taking it back <laughs> wow <laughs> that's awesome man i i do remember uh oh, those actually those were some good good times actually here's a fun fact AOL was the biggest purchaser of CDs at that time because they were sending out discs every week to everybody <laughs> so and their grandmothers. Many. <laughs> oh man, they were everywhere. They were. Yep. I would get one every week about yep in the mail. I remember that. My mom would use them as as crow scarers in the garden. <laughs> I used them as coasters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used them as a coaster, yeah. <laughs> Those were some good, good times. <laughs> we were spoiled by high-speed internet. Yeah. And if you don't have 50 megs, then, oh man, it's a problem. Yeah, people don't know what, don't know yeah. what they're doing these days. <laughs> Dial-up right? is real. With, without internet, I mean, I'm just like running around like a headless chicken. I can't play Destiny, so what do I do? But uh, good times, though. <laughs> so, Jamie... How are you enjoying the season of opulence so far? 
season of opulence uh it's good i think so what was the last season we had season of the drifter last season drifter. season of the yeah. drifter season of the drifter was like one that i was really looking forward to and then my daughter was born so i just didn't play it <laughs> but um season of opulence good reason. yeah <laughs> season of opulence is like it, it kind of took me by surprise i didn't think that i'd enjoy it as much as i am but because it's the main sort of new game mode is is pve and kind of it's similar in a way to prison of elders if that makes sense because it's got like different segments and a few different bosses you can do the menagerie right yeah yeah the menagerie um it's it just feels because because i think prison of elders was like my peak in destiny one and it feels like i'm sort of coming back to back to home in a weird way i loved i loved prison of elders i thought that was that was a lot of fun like the original prison of elders and then with skolas yeah like oh my god skolas was like for me when when prison of elders came out i was a little bit salty because we were expecting a raid and no raid we were hit with a bombshell that there was no raid coming with that expansion and for me, it was like, what do you mean we're not getting a raid? We got Crota's End, and here we are a few months later, we're expecting a raid, and there's no raid. And uh, But looking back, I think the Prison of Elders was a really awesome activity. Skolas was very punishing. And to this day, I think the Skolas fight is probably the most challenging of all vanilla skolas yeah, yeah vanilla skolas i'm talking like day yeah. one skolas like sitting there sweating with a towel <laughs> trying to beat the encounter for like six seven eight hours and i'm not talking about six seven hours for the entire encounter i'm just talking about skolas that was intense it wasn't so much skolas it was the ads Everything that completely skolas. destroyed you yeah. like you know i mean Running the mechanics and having to pass the taint oh, that and everything. Taint, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, then you found out once you got the sword that you can actually block the taint so you don't get, die. <laughs> Even, oh, that, yeah, those were, that fight. Those were some good <laughs> memories. I think that was like the first, you... the first time I carried someone through something in Destiny. That was, the, it was a, a good feeling because I, I had... Um, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I, I felt like I had really a really good grip of how agile the character was. So I knew where I could jump to yeah. and things like that. And I just managed to revive someone and then get back without dying. And Shadow they Price were like, knows all about that. Yeah. They, yeah. It's just that feeling. Again, Destiny. That's why it's such a good game. Yeah. Shadow Price yeah. knows all about that. He's, he's had to carry me through quite a few jumping puzzles in the game. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, I mean, you had a lot of there was a lot of hero moments, and I feel like that's finally coming back to Destiny too. Yeah, and everything you know, you're getting more hero moments, and I think that they're definitely going to double down on that and like Shadow Keep and everything, you know. So it's uh, yeah, it's looking up. Absolutely, looking to exciting times. Now, Jamie, is there anything for you that you especially like or dislike with the new season of Opulence? Uh, I like I like that you can choose the rewards you get in the menagerie, um, or well, you, you can sort of kind of 
load load things in your favor i guess in uh, aiming towards a certain reward like uh the uh what's the sniper called beloved is that right beloved yeah how do you feel about the chest nerf though um i don't think that's such a bad thing i think i i think bungie bungie knew what they wanted the game to to do and how much they wanted it to reward you so they they, they're kind of bringing it more into line with that i think that's okay yeah it's one of those things like is like if we didn't have it in the beginning then we wouldn't people wouldn't complain because they didn't have yeah. it and everything you know i think it's so it's i think okay yeah <laughs> but um but yeah i think that that sort of aspect i think if bungie sort of like provide kind of more stuff like that where you can almost almost know what what you're going to get from an activity instead of that that uncertainty and you might just get another another beloved or not an ex, you know not an exotic but an exotics aren't ever guaranteed really are they but i i like that they've done that i think only, yeah. it's a good step yeah. in the right direction yeah being able to like have some agency while you're like you know being able to you you know you, there's intentionality you know what loot you're getting because you're putting those exact runes in yeah and everything so and then the the progress of the chalice as well is quite cool. I think that having having something you upgrade as you go, that's 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 also quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, the chalice does give you an extra layer of, um, kind of knowing what you're getting with your reward and customizing what you get better than what we had before. Whereas before, you would just go into the activity and you might get shotgun you might get a sniper rifle you might get armor it's just a random thing i do jesus i do <laughs> think for me the the with the chalice of opulence it almost felt like you have to do too many things to like customize it before you get the reward where it almost became like i don't want to say tedious because it wasn't tedious but it just felt like there were too many steps that i have to go through to customize the chalice because they gave you three different slots and then on top of that they gave you more options to unlock different abilities i almost wish that it was more simple for you to just you know customize it and you're on your way without having to do too much research or thinking about okay which rune goes where so that's that's my only thing with the chalice of opulence um, I think the menagerie was also really well done. I think it's a really fun activity. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if they bring it forward, if they do anything with it, like when Shadowkeep comes out, or is it just going to, unfortunately, uh, fall into obscurity? Yeah. We'll, I hope we'll they do figure out a way to use it and incorporate it into the game. Um, I think they did an okay job with incorporating um, the, what was that horde activity in um, Osiris expansion? The Escalation Protocol. Yes, um, yeah. Escalation. Oh, yeah. Warmind? Oh, yeah, that was yeah. in Warmind. Yeah. Warmind, yeah. I still yeah. love the shotgun, the Ikelos. Oh, man, it's still my favorite shotgun in the game. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh very versatile. You know, I I I've been trying to use like uh the other one now from the raid. 
can't remember what the name of that one's called. <laughs> I don't really have the great roll on it, but I think I have Rampage on it. I've been trying to get one-two punch on a shotgun, and I can't seem to get one. Get that perk at all. Because I hear that perk combined with, like, Liar's Handshake, you can literally, like, one-shot, like, a freaking boss. <laughs> like yeah, after the melee, maybe that's too It's okay. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Crazy OP. Jamie, what would you say is your favorite strike in Destiny? Uh, favorite strike? Um, what was I playing? So, I like... Uh, I'm not going to remember the name now. It's the one with the 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 crystals, the crystals that are actually guardians. Sabathian's song. Yeah, that's the one. And you and yeah, yeah. Um, I just really like the. I just really like the concept of it and what's going on. I don't necessarily weirdly. I don't like actually enjoy playing it sometimes because the end mm-hmm. boss feels a bit too weighted in the boss's favor. Um, but. I think, I think just as a strike, it's it's just got everything that Destiny is in there. It's just really, I, th- I think it's just such a a cool strike to play through, and you, you like come out of it, and you're like, whoa, that was that's a bit nasty. Like the hive, hive literally were like feeding off of people. I'm going to uh, get, make this a two part one. What's your favorite Destiny one strike? Ah, <laughs> Destiny One Strike. Okay, uh, I've really got to think now. It's been that long. What strikes did you have? You had there were some really good strikes yeah. in D One. I really liked a lot of them. There was the one. There was one with Callus at the end. That was always fun. Mm. Uh oh, Valster. That's that's it. With, yeah, uh... yeah. Um. Oh. oh yeah, when you hide underneath the steps, yeah, and you shoot them. <laughs> I just I just remember doing that because yeah. that was just that was just. I every like nightfall. that strike. I, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I, I I do like that one. As as tedious as that one was, sometimes I did like that. Strike. Yeah, yeah. It was it was always good to like sort of challenge yourself as well and say, no, I'm not going to cheese it this time. <laughs> I'm going to avoid it. <laughs> um, that or Omnigol. I really liked Omni- uh, the Omnigol strike as well. Yeah, yeah, Omnigal was a lot of fun. I feel like I played the Omnigal strike the most of all the strikes just because of the, the whole farming thing that you could do with the Grasp of Malak. Uh, but I think for me, I'm very nostalgic with Destiny from Vanilla. So I still think Sepix Prime is such an awesome strike. Ooh. I enjoyed that one the most. <laughs> that and Nexus and Fogoth, those were some awesome, awesome times in Destiny. Yeah, Nexus, Nexus, my is Nexus is my favorite strike, uh, just because I I love the Vex. I think the Vex as an enemy is is awesome. I've always liked the Vex, and the music of the Vex is just yeah. oh, and speaking of music oh. in Destiny, shout outs to the Archon Priest strike. The Vex song, oh man, that yeah, was awesome. During the, yeah. um, during the sniping, yeah. when you had to go up on the catch, the fallen catch, and, yeah. and, and snipe those hobgoblins. Man, and the, I miss my icebreaker. Uh, Praetorians <laughs> that came out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Those were some good, good times. Yeah, I know the name of that song too. It's called Chronologies. Okay. It's from the, 
It's from the D1 soundtrack. I think I must have looked that up because I knew that as soon as you said it. <laughs> I must have looked it up back yeah. in the day. Yeah, and and the Vex for me, a Nexus is that. That's the name of the song. It's called the Vex. It's just got that synth, that crazy like bass, that that electronic bass line. That's just so. Oh my god, I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. Definitely. Shoutouts to the Destiny One soundtrack. Those guys. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Uh, Marty, Marty O'Donnell, uh, Michael Salvatore, Sky Lewin, uh, C. Paul Johnson. You guys were all awesome. Definitely. So, Jamie, with the Epic Games Store launching, and it kind of stole quite a few exclusive titles in, in the video game space this year, do you think the practice of having exclusivity with video games is a good thing do you think it's a bad thing do you think it's necessary for game developers to be able to fund their projects or do you see that as a problem what are your thoughts on that i think so the epic game store is an interesting one because it they offer um they offer a better revenue cut for developers and publishers over something like steam um because i think steam they take 30 percent um and epic take less than that depending on which game it is and it sort of allows developers to invest more back in the game which i think i think before it was fine before sort of how games now get patched and updated for free uh before all of that started to be commonplace then exclusivity was fine um but uh, um sorry d sorry uh, the the original revenue deal was fine but now um i think epic are sort of push pushing the industry to allow developers to do more so like when a game comes out the a developer can afford to keep investing in it and give you more free content i mean just like uh, just like Bungie are with with destiny 2 with the seasons um and and you know how they're sort of planning to do it that they're going to keep i mean i mean even if you don't have the annual pass you can get new content for free effectively i mean it's not always the premium content but you get new stuff and i think that's only going to be a good thing um for consoles i think in i think it's never not going to be a thing because you've got companies like sony and microsoft who are trying to trying to get you to buy their console and they're trying to give you a reason because I mean with the Xbox One there wasn't too many exclusives and the PS4 had uh, you had Spider-Man you had Days Gone you had you had um, uh, the Uncharted games and Xbox One you sort of had State of Decay 2 you had the Halo games but not much else Gears of War Gears of oh yeah, sorry yeah. the Gears games um, and then Sony, I feel like Sony had just a few more and they've got other exclusivity deals, um, such as the one they had with destiny and destiny two, where they got, you know, I think in destiny one, didn't they get, they got like a whole strike, um, for a whole year before anyone else got to play it on PS4, which was, in the, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of been that way since the beginning mm, too. But I, th and... I think now I think that it should stop being a thing with consoles, but I don't see it ending, if that makes sense. 
Um, so I think exclusivity with with the Epic Game Store is good is good for developers, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, I agree with some of that. Um, I think there's positives and negatives with this whole Epic Game Store thing. It's nice to have another uh, more another option out there on the market and everything. And you know they do offer, yeah, like a you know it's better for the uh the you know developers at 12%. You know, the, I believe they're 12% and Steam is 30% mm. and everything. So I think for me, I I'm all for developers getting a bigger piece of the pie and I think that's important for developers to make money from the content that they work so hard to create. So in that sense, I like what they're doing. However, the exclusivity aspect is what I have a very difficult time getting over because I feel like Yeah, that seems games, more of an epic thing. Epic, you know, it's kind if, of If Epic came out and said, "Okay, we're going to give the developers more money. We're not going to force you into any kind of an exclusivity thing, but we're going to let all of the gamers know that you're going to be supporting the developers in a bigger way by shopping on our store. That's a different story. But forcing somebody into using your platform, I, I think that's a bad practice. And I think that it gives the consumer less choice and less options. And I think anything that gives us less choice and blocks gamers from being able to access certain things not necessarily a good thing and also it's a matter of how epic approached the whole exclusivity thing and getting games that were originally supposed to come out on steam i think with metro exodus there was literally a sticker that like hid the steam logo and you could tell it was a last minute agreement with things like that i'm not really in favor of because i think that as a gamer, you should have a choice and you should be able to support the developers more. And I think if Epic approached it without having that exclusivity aspect of it, I wouldn't have an issue with it. In fact, I would give them more praise for what they're doing, but because they're forcing you into their platform, I, I don't agree with that. No, that's fair. I, yeah, I'd agree I with mean, that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, the way they went about it, yeah, it just seemed like they were trying to like, you know, stick it to steam basically. You know, it's like um you can you can join the market and, you know, there was uh, rumors that they were talking to steam and they're like, "Look, we we're doing this because we want steam to change their ways. We want steam to meet us halfway. Steam is taking 30%. We want them to try to lower that number and everything." You know, and I don't, you know, know if that was, you know, obviously there's more to it than that, but you know, Epic is they're going off the Fortnite money, man. You know, I mean, they've made so much money off Fortnite over the past uh, year, two years, and everything. So it's like they've been able to fund their store. But the thing is, when you have Steam, you have a you have a platform that's, you know, it's been around since 2004. You know, there's just so many things that are like offered on steam now you know it's like there's there's like lots of anti-cheat things and there's just there's so many 
perks to having a Steam account and everything. You know, and that's it's why it's so hard for people to just, you know, say to just up and, you know, have to go with the Epic Game Store, you know, and like Epic kind of forcing their hand and everything, you know. It's just, yeah, it is kind of, it is a little grimy. I can definitely, you know, I definitely see that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So to move away from the Epic discussion and back to the Destiny discussion, with Forsaken coming out and with the annual pass almost completed, how would you review this year's content in Destiny? Did it meet your expectations? If you were to give it a score, how would you rate it? Hmm. Uh, score. I think... I th- think i'm not sure i could score it but like if you compare it to the the previous year in 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 a sense that had you had curse of osiris warmind and then forsaken at the end of it i th- yeah warmind and osiris right yeah i mean i th- i think the this this year with the annual pass and and the way that seasons are now sort of introducing content i mean on a weekly basis pretty much uh it's it's a lot better than how than how it was you know the year before in destiny 2 certainly in the original destiny as well um i think i think it's gotten better over time i think initially it wasn't it wasn't fantastic but then as you came through to the season of the drifter things started to get really good but i think it was just because um before so with with season uh the with the black armory you had to be quite a high light level or power level um whatever they call it now but they uh you you didn't have an easy way of getting to that power level whereas now you do you you know you start the season of opulence and within a few missions you're at the power level to go into the menagerie um so i th- i think it's it's kind of gotten better over time it's it's probably out of 10 like a like a, a seven it's definitely got room to grow though there's still there's still some things they could do yeah to improve it yeah i think I, I agree with that i think it was better than last year's um just because you know it's even though we still had the debacle with the no be labs and you had the debacle with the black armory in the beginning where you had to play old content before you could actually do the forge and things like that. Um, and I heard the raid day one was kind of a shit show and everything because mm-hmm. everybody was max power for uh, Scourge of the Past. Um, <clears throat> but um, I still think it was better than last year's because, I mean, what do we got it to go up against? Curse of Osiris? I mean, I'm sorry, but that was the weakest, uh, the weakest piece of content that they've ever released. And everything you know it just it fell so flat and just the game when they were throttling the xp at the time and the faction rallies were just oh it was just not good and trials was going through its like dilemma its identity crisis yeah. and everything <laughs> um so, you know they they saved it with warmind you know warmind was good because it brought back some like it brought back service regime it brought back uh sleeper simulant and everything like that you know and it had uh, the Spire Stars was a good raid and everything. And the Whisper. You had the Whisper mission. Mm. Um, 
So those were all good. But with uh, the season pass, you know, with the annual pass, you've had uh, Outbreak Prime or Outbreak Perfected. Um, you've had, the, you know, you had two raids. You know, you've had like, um, it's just pretty good content. You know, it's like good storytelling, good lore, you know, and everything, you know, with um, uh, the Drifter and, you know, uh, even with Callus and everything in this. So I would, I, I would also, I give it a, I give it a 7.5. 7. <laughs> 0.5. See, you guys are yeah. kind of more generous than I am because I would probably give it a six. And here's why I would give it a six. I would give it a six because it's not so much about what they included in the annual pass. I think most of it was really good, but it, it didn't have what that they didn't special... Include. It didn't have that special feeling. It almost felt like no I was really no excited maps. For, for the new season to hit. No new Crucible maps. I went into the tower, and Zavala doesn't have anything new. Crucible guy doesn't have anything new besides the Pinnacle quest. It just felt like there wasn't enough stuff yeah, that they we did have the in Destiny 1 mm -hmm. with the uh, House of Wolves expansion and the Dark Below expansion. I think... Those expansions had something special for me that this annual pass was just missing. And we got accustomed them to them like updating the vendors at every vendor big drop refresh was definitely part of that. Yeah. I also think that not having any new strikes or crucible maps definitely hurt yeah. this annual pass for me at least. Because I think that having a campaign is kind of an important aspect of releasing a DLC. And I think it sets the tone for what you're playing. And it's it, while it's not something that you're going to replay often, I think it's something that is important when you start playing the game to paint a picture and a narrative for what you're playing and to build that excitement. And that was kind of missing for me, like with the Black Armory expansion. I, I just it, it, the beginning of it fell very flat when Ada won was talking to you and one second she's saying that oh you can't access this area and then all of a sudden she changes her her story when now you can and i'm i'm, I'm wanting more i want more narrative because you showed her that dialogue. pass got that yeah pass. so in that sense the expansion uh pass or the annual pass i should say didn't quite meet my expectations but i did enjoy the things that we did get especially with Season of the Drifter, I think Season of the Drifter had some of the best lore that we got in the game. There are certain aspects of Season of Opulence that I'm enjoying a lot as well. I think the Crown of Sorrow raid is really good. I also think the Menagerie is a good activity. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to preserve that content and make it feel fresh and worth playing going into future seasons. Because if you look back with Season of the Drifter... How many people are playing The Reckoning today? I don't know too many people who are still playing that. No, yeah, no. I'm not. I, I, yeah, I haven't touched it yeah. in months. <laughs> so so it, it's been kind of bittersweet for me because there are aspects of it that I really love, but there are certain things that were just missing that I wish weren't missing. So, yeah, I mean, when Shadowkeep comes out, you know, we're going to want to play the new stuff. <laughs> we're going to want to play... All the new stuff that's coming. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of that new stuff in just a little bit. But uh, before we do move on to the next segment in the show, 
Uh, we have one more question with our discussion with the Guardians and for our listeners live. If you have any questions that you want to ask Jamie, uh, make sure to put it in the chat box and we will make sure to ask before we move on to the next topic of the night. And our question for Jamie is this. What is next for you and what's next for the Destiny News Hub? Uh, next for Destiny News Hub, I think we just want to keep pushing. Well, I want to write more, basically make more time to to write more stuff, more articles. So we can do, at the moment, when, when there's a lot of news in one day, sometimes we just physically can't cover all of it. Um so it's it's just making sure that there's space there's space for that and making space i think for more the 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 interview with uh, the 65 year old guardian went down really well um lots of people really enjoyed that so making more space for for those kind of things or just just talking to players with different viewpoints different uh, different stories in destiny um so kind of like you guys you guys do with this this part of the podcast just more more a, a written form of of how people got into destiny and and why they continue to play it um i think that, that there's more people i mean i don't know about you but i i enjoy sort of reading more personal things like that than regurgitated news which is why i always try and add a bit of value to any news that comes out for destiny too because otherwise it's just the same as every other site's posting um so that's that's kind of what what i envisage for the future of of destiny news hub maybe we'll we'll start doing some some video content i don't really i'll have to that's 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 always been a, a dream but it's it's uh having the equipment and doing doing it right if that makes sense yeah that's yeah, that's really cool. Just uh, yeah, just continue evolving and everything. Mm. Continue to get better. That's yep. We can Absolutely. definitely relate to that. And now, since we don't have any uh, further questions f from our audience, um, I do want to move on to the next topic of the evening. And I I wanted to recap some of the major news that came out in 2019 from Bungie and from Destiny. And we had quite a few things that took place this year, starting with the bombshell announcement that Activision and Bungie are splitting up. And that was a really monumental moment in the history of Destiny. And it was almost unprecedented for Activision to allow for any IP to just move on and not be tied in so that was a really big step for Bungie and um, that happened back in January of 2019 which is uh, the beginning of this year it was a big step for the Destiny show too it was yes we actually had our first episode of the podcast and we reported on the Bungie and split that was our very first episode <laughs> so yes Yep. And we've remembered that Luke Smith came out and he said some pretty important things. He he stated that Guardians make their own fate. And we also got a little hint 
about maybe something from the past coming back into destiny in the future, right? He mentioned that not everything has been lost in the dark corners of time. Yeah, a direct quote from the Vault of Glass and everything. So, I mean, I think some of that we're going to see in Shadowkeep with uh, these nightmares. Oh, definitely. You know, and going to back to the Black Garden for the raid is going to be huge. I can't wait. I think that's something that everyone's wanted since Destiny 1, isn't it? <laughs> to have a raid in yeah. the Black Garden. Exactly. To go back to that space, you know, because that's where we, you know, uh, talk to the Exo Stranger and everything, too. You know, it's like, you know, it, she told us to go to the Black Garden to destroy the Dark Heart and everything. So it's, yeah. What would you guys say are some of the positive aspects of the Bungie Activision split up? Now that we're months um, into that announcement and we kind of have an idea for where the game is heading in the future. Creative freedom. Yeah. Creative <laughs> freedom to do whatever you want without having big brother parent Activision over your shoulder telling you, no, you can't do this. Nope, you need to split this up. You can't give them that much content. Yeah, I was, I was literally about to say the same thing. I think also they... They were like the main, um, the main drivers of sort of the heavy monetization stuff, um, and I think without Activision, Bungie are a lot happier to give us more for a lot less. But that means that we're a lot more willing to pay them for what they give us. Right, and it was very telling from that Vidoc uh, about a month ago. You know, when out of the shadows, my doc, you know, and it's like them basically just, you know, being able to become an MMO, like to fully embrace them being an active MMO and everything. You know, it's like it's it's what they've always like tried to skirt past and dodge because like, are we MMO? Are we, are we a, a shared world shooter? What are we? What are we exactly? You know? And now they're going to fully embrace the RPG, you know, come Shadowkeep. And I'm super excited for that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that the Activision Bungie split definitely does allow for Bungie to do a lot of things differently and to build Destiny on their terms, right? I do also think there is the important reality of funding a game. Now, I personally have no issues with the monetization practices that took place during the Activision Bungie partnership, I think that's totally fine. And I think that in the real world, you have to make money to build a game that's the size of Destiny. They have 800 people working for the company. Do you think that it should be free? Do you think they all should work for free? Like, we want more content in Destiny. So it's going to cost more money for us to get the destiny that we want. And I'm okay with that. I think that what we paid for with the vanilla destiny game and with the expansion pass and all the expansions that came after that, I'm okay with that. In fact, I think that's totally fine. We got quite a bit of content for the money that we paid. Um, but I do think there are certain things that came with the relationship uh, between Bungie and Activision that kind of didn't benefit us as a community of players. Like, for example, the Sony exclusivity, which 
I very much disagree with. I think that was the worst thing that Bungie could have done to sign into a deal that makes content exclusive for a minimum of 12 months. That is It's, it's the length. That yeah, I had a problem of. with the length. It was, you know, it would have been fine if it was like a month. I, I, I would have lived with a month because that's usually what it is. It's usually a month, but a whole year and sometimes two years. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, but that's I just not I think that's very right. anti-consumer, and I, I don't agree with that. And that's part of the reason why, like, I, I know, Jamie, you're a Sony guy, but that's the one <laughs> thing that makes me not like Sony as a platform. It's the... Definitely grinds our gears. practices, <laughs> and I mean, I had a Sony PlayStation, but then once I switched to PC, I didn't have access to quite a bit of content. And not only that, but they made strikes exclusive, which really grinded my gears, especially during a time when we didn't have a lot of new strikes and a lot of new content. So for them to hold back a strike behind not even a paywall, but behind exclusivity, eh, I did not like that. No, I, t I totally agree. Um, even though, obviously, it, it didn't affect me, but I did, at the time, feel... I, obviously, I felt lucky because I could access the content, but then playing it, in, in the same way, it sort of um, hurt it for that period where where only PlayStation 4 players had it because you, you would sometimes load into that, that exclusive strike and you wouldn't get a full, a full fire team. Um, if you if you were just doing matchmaking and um yeah it just it it felt a bit dirty <laughs> yeah and it was really comforting for me to see bungie come out and say that exclusivity will not be a thing in destiny moving forward and i think that was the right step for them to take and that's why that announcement was so monumental because that was one of the things that bothered me for the longest time just not being able to enjoy all the content or having certain exotics that were just missing like critical parts of the game that i think are important to the franchise that just segmented the game in a way that didn't really benefit the destiny community as a whole yeah their words were we're done with that they basically said we're done with that yeah yeah so and um wasn't there somebody with an r who uh capital, capital r, r reasons who prevented uh cross save from happening so that's another thing that i think that uh wouldn't be possible without the bungie activision split and i'm i'm kind of happy that that happened but at the same time, there are a few things that I do miss about Bungie and Activision working together to build a Destiny universe. And for me, those things consisted of, I would say, Vicarious Visions no longer being in the picture because they did an amazing job with Destiny 2 on PC. And I don't think and, the game would Warmind, be in the place they, where they it made is Warmind, without them. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they did such a great job. Yeah. yeah. War, War Mind and uh, yeah, Opulence too. Yeah, War Mind, Opulence. And didn't they also help out with Forsaken as well? That rings a bell. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think so. Them and High Moon. Yeah, yeah. and High Moon's that's another they, studio that we're losing out on. So I think from that perspective, I, I do miss that about the whole Activision Bungie split. And also I I do wish that Bungie had 
more money to play with because if they had more money, they can hire more people on, they would have more support to create a bigger destiny, right? Or so we think, right? It could be that with Activision, they had to share the revenue with a publisher and now they can retain more of that money. So maybe they're making more money in the process, but anything that helps them to hire more people to create more content and create a bigger destiny universe. I think I would be all for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah. And now the fact that they're going with steam, you know, and everything too. That's another big, so. that's another big decision that they had to make. And I mean, I don't mind BattleNet. I've grown accustomed to it and I'm used to it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the game functions on Steam. I have a lot of games on in the Steam library, but uh, it'll... And there are a lot of Steam users out there, so get ready for the explosion yeah. Yeah. like of players. <clears throat> like, I'm talking explosion once once a uh, new light comes out and everything. Like, Definitely. You're going to... Yeah. <laughs> now, would, would you guys say that there's anything about the Activision Bungie split up that maybe you think didn't work out so well in Bungie's favor? Um, just, you know, not being able to, you know, uh, just the, them having to publish their own game, you know, they lose out on that very useful, you know, part of having a big publisher, you know, it's like to handle a lot of that legwork. Yeah. Because that's a lot with publishing and advertising and, and all that stuff. Yeah, they, yeah, they think, definitely lost out on the marketing support there, for sure. I, I think just working out all the like the logistical stuff because Activision will have sort of, you know distributors, manufacturers, um, retailers all, yeah. all on the books, and Bungie have had to work that out from scratch. Um, but I mean, admittedly, doing it digitally is a bit easier. But they've still got a moving forward with Shadowkeep. They they'll do a physical release, and that that's going to have taken time away from development or money away from development i think that that is a definite downside of of the breakup right because they're doing it within their people have stepped up you know for what whoever in their company now is like handling the those you know those duties mm. and everything now so now would would you guys say that this was a necessary change for the bungee uh as a company and also for destiny as a franchise do you think this split up was a necessary thing to have happened 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean we saw the writing on the wall and you know everybody did you know when when activision said that they were not happy with you know how forsaken performed you know that and bungie was like you know no we're proud of this we're proud of what we've built here you know, we stand by this content and everything. Yeah, that was that you was know, a weird just... time because I wrote I wrote the article about Activision saying how unhappy they were with Forsaken, and then the next day right. the article about Bungie saying how happy they were with it, and it felt like a very strange time. Yeah, it was Bungie giving Activision the middle finger. Yeah, which I think was 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 great because after that, all of a sudden, didn't you see like? people leaving activision like you know ceo turnover and then all of a sudden they let go of like a thousand like employees and everything like it was just like you know 
madness all of a sudden, you know, and Bungie saw that writing, like I said, and they're like, we got to get out of this. We can't be part of this anymore. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and it's safe to say that some of the really good things that came from this breakup were things like cross save, no more PlayStation exclusivity, the greater creative freedom that Bungie has with Destiny now, um, and also just Bungie being in control of their game. Now, there are no excuses. If any content in Destiny does not live up to our expectations as a fan base, we can only blame one group, and that's Bungie. Yeah, that that's that's either an advantage or disadvantage. That that's a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, the sole ownership you have to own that and everything. Now that Bungie is you know the sole publisher and developer. But I think on the, I was just going to say on the on the plus side as well. I think they'll whereas before when things were going badly and there was silence, I think regardless of how things go, Bungie will be vocal about everything. Yeah, no, they, you can tell, like, they are so active on Twitter now. You know, it's like, they, they're, they're so communicative now. Like, it's, it's you know, it's nice, because, I, I mean, those that started, like, right after Osiris, you know, with Christopher Barrett basically saving, you know, had to save the, the you know, the game from imploding on itself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we also know that Activision isn't really there to dictate their content release schedule or to put any pressures of restrictions content out to yeah. match their guidelines and expectations and financial forecasts. Now, but I'll also say now, um, really quick. With them, you know, stating that they are now an MMO, they have to actually live up to that aspect. You know, they have to continually update the game as an MMO does and everything. You know, the updates have to come more frequent with more haste. When something's broken, it's got to get fixed. You know, things have to, you know, move fast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although they... Well, yeah, there was an interesting thing that they said recently, wasn't there? That they, oh, maybe it was with, maybe it was for, just just jumping ahead a bit to the the, the house, the Lord of Wolves uh, fix. They said, yeah, that they were going to prioritize people being able to go home on time over crunching it. Which right, maybe, right. maybe they wouldn't have been able to do that with Activision. I don't know, but but yeah, anyway, sorry, yeah, just adding to your point there. No, that was that was a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, the the fact that Activision doesn't really have a say in the content release schedule that can go both ways for me, because I think that regardless of your creative desires, Destiny is a business and it has to function as a business. So. I don't think them having to release content at certain points or to match a schedule, I don't think that's a bad thing because part of us getting the amount of content that we did, we also kind of have Activision to blame or thank for it, right? And I think that's a necessary thing in any business for you to release X amount of content drops. So I, uh, I almost worry that 
the creative passion of Bungie will outshine their ability to put out content at a pace that will keep us playing and keep us happy as a community. Well, now Bungie is married to Destiny, basically. They, they literally just, like, you know, put the ring on it and everything <laughs> now. You know, so it's like, you know, this is, this is you know, as us, as our players, you know, we are, you know, they want us to be married to the game, too. You know, they, wa- they want us to embrace it and everything. You know? I don't know about you guys, so. but I feel like I got married to Bungie and I have, like, 12 kids now. Oh yeah, yeah. we're really deep into this relationship. I mean, it's been a, it's been a ride. It was complicated for a while. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. When my daughter was born, I felt like I was ignore. Yeah, like ignoring my second wife for too long. (laughs) Came back and she was like, "I've got all of these new presents for you, and you haven't touched them." (laughs) Yeah, and, and there were a few other things this year that came out from Bungie that was pretty monumental and this news all kind of came out at the same time they just went all out with the announcement back in June they announced cross save they announced a new major expansion with shadow keep they announced the free to play version of destiny the new light and they stated there there was no more exclusivity with sony or any other company and there was the partnership with Google Stadia. So going to CrossSave, on the topic of CrossSave, how will CrossSave impact Destiny and its player base this fall? I think uh, people are going to be buying multiple copies if they want to play in two places and everything. Um, I mean, we're probably going to stick to the PC just because you know that's where we've been playing for so long now and everything but you know i might just be curious if i you know and just jump on ps4 and just play new light with uh some of my friends and things like that every now and then with my brother because he has a playstation um but i i think it's huge i think having cross save is huge because it's the step towards getting cross play and everything like it's the it's the it's the first step to get an actual crossplay. Yeah, I th- being able to ha- not have to regrind that stuff over again is just huge. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest. That's that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Being that's that was like the the biggest barrier to moving to PC or something like that. Just having to regrind everything and knowing you've already done it. So cross save right. cross save is is a huge a huge benefit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've got, I'm, I'm going to be playing on Stadia when it comes out, hopefully. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see whether, how much you can We're access, be... like on, um, the free version of Destiny. We're going to have to have some conversations with you when you do that. Cause we, we kind of, we're curious. We want to see how that's going to perform. Yeah. yeah I'll come back. I'll <laughs> tell you what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did pre-order Google Stadia Founders Edition, but I do kind of have, I'm, I'm a little mixed about that because if you, if you purchase the Founders Edition of Stadia, you don't own Destiny. You, you have the free content, yes, but you essentially have to keep subscribed to 
the Google platform in order to continue to get access to Shadowkeep and Forsaken and everything else. And for me, I like to own my content. And the fact that I have to purchase another copy of the game for the same platform, which is PC, to me, it's like, I don't know. I just don't know. Plus, Google Stadia is coming out in November, guys. Shadowkeep will be out by then for at least a month and a half, two months. So that to me is kind of an issue. Yeah, I could. Yeah, that that is kind of a little bit of a concern for sure, because we're all getting it day one. I mean, I know me and uh, Cornholio are getting. Day oh one. no, I'm I'm definitely getting I, it day one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the who actually is going to get the Stadia. You know, it's like how is that pool of players going to you know shape up? You know, so. What do you guys think of the partnership between Google and Bungie with uh, Shadowkeep? I mean, it's it it's basically you know they're they're you know they're they're trying them out. You know, it's, it's something new. It's new. You know, they obviously have like some vested interest, and in, you know, it could work really well, or it could be a garbage truck on fire so we'll, we'll just we'll have to see <laughs> yeah it's definitely a suck it in and see i think I'm trying to remember his name i think it's is it jason schreier the he's he's kind of the guy who yeah yeah for kotaku who gets like everything right before before it comes out he um i thought it was really interesting he he just tweeted out when he pre-ordered stadia saying you've just got to take a leap of faith sometimes so even he has like no clue yeah. how it's going to go. So I think I think that is probably the the biggest indicator that it's it's just sort of a have faith situation. And with um, Destiny Two New Light, that will offer essentially the vanilla Destiny Two experience and the first two expansions with Osiris and Warmind free of charge for all players. And be able to go to any of the new lo uh, the locations, yeah. you know. Do you do well. you guys think this was the right move for Bungie to make? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You get so many new players into your game and everything that way. You know, you're not making much money off that, you know first year anymore you know it's uh um i i, I just think it, it i think it's smart because it just brings more people in and everything you know and, and they're more likely if they enjoy what they're playing they're more likely to buy the new the new content yeah exactly and if they can go to you know if it's someone someone who's never played destiny before they pick up destiny 2 new light on stadia day one and then they decide to go to the moon for because shadow keeps out then then they like the moon exactly then, that's the big thing yeah having access to those locations be able to go there and they you know it's huge because it gives them a taste it's like oh you know like here try it out and see if you like it yeah i, I think it, it gives bungie more incentive to make the locations more interesting not not that not that any locations are really uninteresting but it gives if a location's interesting enough to entice someone to buy an expansion, 
that's that's ultimately what they want. So it's it's good for all players, I think, as well. Yeah. Definitely. I agree with both those things. And how could a free-to-play version of Destiny impact the the game, both in positive ways and negative ways? Um, it's going to... There's going to be an explosion of players, like, and there's going to be so many more blueberries out there. You know, some of them are going to be confused, but it's us, you know, it's up to us as, like, veterans of the game to seek them out and, you know, play with them and everything. And, you know... That that's what's so great about the Destiny community, you know. It's like we're we're willing to help people and everything. And not not only that, the the new people will hopefully band together and help each other, you know. Too. Not only that, you're going to be able to level up within the first two hours. They said, like you're going to be able to get to 750. Like, you know, they're not going to have a barrier to the light, like there was in the past. Yeah, I think I think that that is a huge difference. I think the the thing that could could negatively impact it is is uh, if if the people people don't band together and help each other. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how that new influx of free players kind of behaves if they just jump in and they try and do a raid solo, and then they can't do it, and that puts them off the game right. instead of you know going one step further and trying to find people to play with. Yeah. Yeah, that and it's also on Bungie to, you know, give us new crucible maps and give us new strikes oh, and yeah, you know, definitely. Like, you know, so to increase those player populations in like crucible and things like that, you know, that that's gonna be interesting. Just gonna see like how are the load are the queue times gonna be a lot faster when you have so many more players like in the pool and everything now? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to shape up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you guys think that some players will feel shortchanged because the content that they purchased before is now being given away for free? You're going to see very few people. Like, there, there's always those salt miners out there that will, you know, that will do that. They'll... they'll Post something like, "Oh, I want, I want a refund, Bungie, now because you're giving this game for free." Well, you decided to buy that at that time. You know, it's like you bought into that. You know, that that was your decision. You wanted to play the content on day one, then you bought into it. You had to buy it. You know, they were with Activision. On you know, it was just that that's the way it was at the time. You know, when when the content is been out for a amount of time and you know they're not making as much money off that anymore they're like well we're gonna they have a you know from what i see they're gonna make more money by bringing as many people in as they can and getting them into the world and everything to try out and the, they get into those new areas and see if they like it and want to invest in this franchise yeah I think with with Curse of Osiris and, and Warmind, they are you know pretty much base game Destiny two, aren't they really at this point? And then it's kind of Forsaken and Beyond that's that's the the expansions. So I don't think too many people are gonna gonna care about about those things being out there because if you, I mean, it would right. feel weird now to charge people for those things, wouldn't it? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if they were still with Activision, it would be a totally different story. Uh, yeah. Right now. Can you imagine, yeah. Charged for everything. Nothing's free. Imagine buying Curse of Osiris in 2019. <laughs> Just, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in the last couple of days, we also got some more information about Shadowkeep that's coming out this fall. We got an entire Vidoc. And we learned quite a bit from the next expansion. We know that the moon is calling us back. And we know that uh, we're going to be going to some familiar destinations that we had in the past in Destiny 1. Yeah. Um, we're going to wake the hive again. Yeah. I'm excited to yeah. go to the no, accelerator. Sorry, I think that's going to be a cool place. Yeah, just seeing all these locations that we saw in Destiny 1 and with updated, you know, Destiny 2 coats of paint and everything, you know, see how these places have evolved and changed over time. What Eris found out there, you know, these nightmares that we'll be having to go up against. Yeah, and just Eris Morn. I've missed Eris Morn. Oh my God, I've missed her so much. I know. She's like the best voice actor in Destiny. Oh yeah. Like... Hands down. Yeah, I think Morla is a great voice actress, and she is one of the most powerful figures in the game. I think that the the her voice is so powerful and so fingertips on the surface of my mind. <laughs> She's going to be a really exciting character with the next uh, content release that we get with shadow keep and what are some of the things that we learned during this vidoc that came out earlier today we're gonna be uh just you know they showed like some of uh the locations how they changed and everything they they said how they used a it was more of a color saturation in Destiny one, and now they've these are these areas are more have deep and desaturated, that but they're more darker. They have like a kind of a darker tone, but obviously you know visually look you know upgraded and everything, and uh, you know like what Eris has found out there. You know, kind of like when they showed off that first cinematic and everything. You know, that's still in development, and you know just. The things that we're going to encounter being back on a familiar location um so yeah yeah and the the oh god it's just literally dropped out of my head what was i saying oh the fallen how the fallen have kind of where where that yeah catch yeah, was the crashed they've they've started to build a little uh, settlement there um and and like you would like you were saying like how how the moon has evolved how it's kind of a, a step further how something has built a giant castle <laughs> for the hive or the hive have built their own yeah, giant this castle yeah mysterious hive that then like plotting and building a fortress on the moon and everything what what so. do you guys think of the the red hive do you think it's like um a different faction or a different kind of species in the way that warmind they were they were like ice hive it's possible. I think they have the, they must have some other like abilities that the standard hive don't have. 
and everything I'm thinking. Um, they look cooler too. Yeah, yeah. Like add, add, add some red to something, and yeah, sure, <laughs> they, they look cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we also know that there's going to be a new Hive Castle in that's going to take place on the moon, and the entire moon destination has been not only remastered but doubled in size. We're going to have a bunch of new lost sectors that will be in the game. And we're going to be fighting some pretty brutal enemies from our past. So I would imagine probably seeing enemies like Crota returning and maybe Axis and Skolas. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. Some of these characters um, return with Shadow King. Tanix, I think Tanix. Yeah. I think I saw Tanix oh, ta- yeah. too. Do you guys think um, that we're going to get some kind of a reprise of the Omnigal strike? Yeah, Omnigal, yeah. Uh, Omnigal yeah. was in a trailer, one of the trailers. So I definitely see something to that fact. She was a strike before, so yeah, I could see that happening for sure. Yeah, that's why she... Maybe in the, maybe in the actual keep, Omnigal could be in there. You know, it's possible. That would be the keep is the fortress. That's what they call it. they call it the keep. Mm. So that that would be really cool. I w- I wonder. I'm trying to because because mm-hmm. in the I did an article on it. The sort of theories stuff. There's there's like a big portal in the keep, and I was wondering if maybe there's like a new oh the ascendant portal yeah. right that there was if, if there's like a new activity showing. that's kind of like um uh the court of oryx. Where you where you kind of summon summon big enemies and then you have to fight them right. on like a, a rotation. Yeah, yeah. As the, they confirmed a dungeon. Now the keep is not the dungeon, right? I'm thinking the dungeon is like a separate like, mm. thing. Yeah, a, a separate dungeon actually. So yeah, definitely. Um, I actually didn't see the thing with the dungeon being announced, but I wouldn't be surprised them doing more dungeons based on how well received the dungeons were this year and yeah, last year. Dungeon, so. The dungeon was listed in uh, one of the uh, uh, promotional materials. That's really so, cool. Or, yeah. And uh, we also know that we're going to get some kind of a horde mode in the new expansion is something along the lines of a blind well but different hopefully better hopefully better (laughs) and blind well got pretty stale pretty quick (laughs) so yeah i'm hoping it's a more evolved version yeah and i hope i hope they make the next horde mode activity something that isn't relevant only for a few weeks or a month I really hope that it's something that we continue to play and have fun playing for not only months leading into the new season after Shadow Keep, but for seasons beyond that. If it's like a mix of Prison of Elders and Menagerie, I think that would be the sweet spot right there. Something like something to that effect. Yeah. It's got to have like some, some, well, I mean, that's that what the big enemies are isn't it like bringing things back from the past like having relevant enemies as well that maybe tie into current progress for whatever the season is yeah i'm i also got like uh 
What do you think? Do you guys think are we going to see faction rallies at all? Like come back during this or faction that's, wars? That's a tough I one. Want more? I I want to say <laughs> that I I don't think so. I think they're moving away from the faction rally system and storyline. Faction wars would be better. Faction it, wars it would be good. Cool. It would be cool, mm-hmm. but I I don't think they're they're going to be introducing faction rallies back at least not in shadow keep i maybe see it coming back in the future if there's enough outcry for it but i don't think enough people wanted faction rallies enough for them to put effort and focus on building that out more did you guys hear that there's gonna be vex invasions too during this uh expansion no it's gonna no. be vex invasions just break out in <laughs> different places Oh, that's quite cool. Yeah, and it could happen even before Shadowkeep comes out. You know how the world events happen mm. where, where the wolves would invade, like during the House of Wolves, right before House of Wolves came, and before like Taken King him out with the Taken started showing up and everything. You know, it looks like the Vex are going to just start showing up. And everything. That's quite cool. Because this... Because this is going to be, this is Season of the Undying that's coming up. It's called Season of the Undying. So I fully expect the Undying Mine to come back in some way, the strike. That, oh, the Undying Mine was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good strike, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And also during the Vidoc, they did confirm that if you do purchase the digital deluxe edition of Shadowkeep, you will get some cool Eris Morn themed bonus items, including an exotic ghost, an emblem, and an exotic emote that will be available for all digital deluxe edition. What bookers. edition are you guys getting? Even though I'm in the UK, I think I'm going to try and get the, the physical deluxe edition i can't remember what it's called but there's it comes with like an art book and stuff and i'm just a, a sucker for that kind of thing going for the collectors going for the collectors yeah, yeah. Huh? that's cool you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get the collector's edition that's what i've always done with destiny and and destiny is my favorite game of all time and i i can't not get the now you can only buy this off bungee though, complete, right yeah. currently right yeah the, yeah. the shipping rates are edition. a little crazy but i'm not they gonna are. go on the ramp oh come on <laughs> bungee why why you do this why you do this bungee i disagree with that decision bungee and i really hope you <laughs> reconsider <laughs> yeah. because you are screwing your customers by charging them the crazy amount that you do for shipping and i really should just stop talking about it because i'm just going to get upset Think about how more they could sell if they didn't have that ungodly shipping. Well, here's thing. the thing. I don't Ross. think they would sell many more. I think it's just if you're a real if you're a big fan of the game and the franchise, then you're gonna buy it regardless. And they know that. And they're taking advantage of that in what they're charging for their shipping rates. And I, I don't think it's right. How much is the shipping? It's like twenty five dollars oh, to ship a freaking <laughs> game. It's ridiculous. Oh. Come on, Bungie. It's possibly also something something to do with like um, the Activision situation. Like if if they had established deals with distributors and stuff, maybe they could get a discount. Yep. 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 It would just be on the Bungie store. Like Mm. it would be, I I don't think the collector's edition has ever been on the Bungie store until now. No, it's a weird one, isn't it? it? Yeah. 
I mean, it makes sense though, because they are the publisher now. You know, it's like they're they're not sending it out to uh, like all the stores and stuff like they did with the others and everything. Yeah. So yeah. So let's let's talk about uh, the Bungie weekly update or this week at Bungie that came out earlier today and we have a short one yeah it was a pretty short update this week there wasn't a whole lot that was new and let me just pull that up real quick we learned that the solstice of heroes will be coming next week and this is the first week that bungie is not providing us with new content to play so it also gives us the opportunity to finish grinding for anything that we haven't finished yet between triumphs with moments of triumph um season of opulence completing your chalice for example um isn't solstice in two weeks is it in two weeks iron banner oh iron banner's next week you're right yeah you are correct i am wrong two weeks until solstice of heroes return we'll find out about the event next week okay. they said Gotcha. That's where I got confused. But. Okay. And um, we also know that Iron Banner is coming back, and it is coming on July 23rd, and it will be running until July 30th. It's a good day. And is this the last Iron Banner that we'll be getting? Uh, for this season? I think so. Yeah, okay. I feel like it will be. Although, aren't there... I mean, they might sneak one more in. It's possible. Yeah, I thought there were three per season. I might be wrong, though. You might be right, though. No, it, fe- it feels like there are three per season, but maybe they'll just do two. I don't know. We'll see. I reckon I reckon three. <laughs> huh. Interesting. They said some interesting things here. They said, um, if you... If you missed uh, the first Iron Banner of Opulence, this is your chance to kick off the quest and earn the singular gear. Full details on how Iron Banner is being run this season are documented here. They have a link posted. We did get some feedback on this quest and have some changes lined up, but they didn't make it in this time for this Iron Banner. We'll give you details before the next one starts up. Hmm. Guys. You guys think of that. Because I think I've still got the quest active. You guys get a chance to do the quest? Did you guys start the quest um, from the last Iron Banner? I, I started it, but um, I just got very bored. Um, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I, I got very bored of it, and I just wasn't really enjoying it. I think that it was almost unnecessarily grindy to maybe get something with enhanced perks, but just... <sighs> It's it's tough, man, it, because I expected something a little bit different where I thought we would get some kind of a storyline. Expect a story. Something that better ties yeah. into what we're doing, and it was just the same thing that we used to play. We can hope for that and if we can hope for that in Shadow yeah. We're hoping they, you know, take this feedback that people have, you know, been offering and yeah. You know, be able so, to do that. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to do some Iron Banner next week just so I can get the triumphs done. I don't know if I'm going to get all the bounties done on all three characters. I might just finish up one and then just call it a week with that because. Yeah, because you want that triumph for the yeah, wolf yeah. when the wolves run grand wild, yeah. right? I do want to <laughs> get that triumph done. 
But beyond that, I, I just don't know. And the other thing for me is we don't know how the game is going to change this fall. They're promising that we're going to get a more MMO-focused game. And if history serves us r correctly, the game is going to change. We're going to get new perks to chase after. And I'm just not sure if the enhanced perks that we have now will be as good as the stuff that we'll be getting in the future. Um, if you remember uh, Moments of Triumph when Destiny 2 first came out, we grinded out for this armor. And what happened was a few weeks later, that armor was completely useless. Why? Because everything that came out after that had more perks, new perks that made the previous year's uh, solstice armor completely obsolete so it felt like i grinded out for this armor it gave me a little bit of a power level bump but nothing else and i, I just don't want to waste my time chasing after something that is going to become potentially obsolete in just a few short months now that armor 2.0 is coming too in shadow keep it's like so that's all going to change. So how is this Solstice armor going to differ from that? Even yeah, you'd hope yeah like, you'd hope they sort of bump bump the Solstice armor with armor two armor two point That's what you'd hope. You mean like yeah, you know, enhance give you those enhanced like you know perks and things like that, right? Yeah, or Basically. give you or however however they're deciding to add the perk pool yeah and everything you know because we're going to have like six attributes we're going to have intellect strength and discipline back along with mobility what's the other two i can't resilience, think of them <laughs> uh, but let's see resilience resilience mobility and resilience recovery. and recovery yeah. yeah so we're going to have all six of those stats so that's that's going to be interesting how that's going to yeah be interesting to see what they do i do agree i hope yeah, I hope the Solstice armor isn't just, you know, next, like, the month after, completely irre irrelevant again. Uh, that would suck. Yeah. Yeah, and we also know that uh, Bungie made some more announcements about Season of Opulence, and there was a glitch that took place when Solstice of Heroes launched with the Bad Juju questline, where if you switched characters, you were able to get all 50 tributes completed without having to spend any of your resources or do any additional grinding. They did confirm that this glitch will be patched on July 30th as Solstice of Heroes kicks off. And they did also mention that it was their policy to not punish players who discover cheeses, loot caves, and workarounds in the game, and they will stay true to that promise. So if you already completed the Bad Juju quest, you didn't do all the quest steps, you just switched characters and grabbed all the 50 tributes, you're safe. Did, did you guys do that? Yeah, but it sounds like Oh, uh, no, I did it legit. I did it legit. Okay. No, I've not, I've not done any of the, this cheat. I did read about it and I was like, oh my God, I'm not doing that. Just because, just in case that they come out and they say, yep, yeah, now your account's yeah. deleted. 
Yeah, because they're not going to let you. They said if you cheese your way to the catalyst or emote, then it sounds like you're that's going to be disabled for you if you cheesed yeah. it. Like you're going to have to get those legit if you want the catalyst or the, in the emote. But they're not going to take the bad juju away from you if you cheesed it. But they, it looks like they will patch the um, patch it on July 30th. Where is if you did cheese it for the catalyst, then uh, it says, uh, yeah, it says you have some time uh, to square up with Callus before you know it happens. Or they're going to give you the opportunity to get you know to actually get these tributes. That's really interesting. They've never, I feel like they've never done that before where they would take away your, the items that you obtained. Yeah, they said if you cheese your way to the Catalyst or Emote, you have some time to start placing legit tributes before July 30th. Mm. Interesting. I'm trying to remember what they did with Trials of Osiris when people were cheesing that. Did they, did they, I don't know how they punished players for it. I mean, they, they used to ban counts like in destiny one you know that they found that were cheating yeah. and everything but then there, so, i think I, mean, I think that is i'm not quite harsh for something something like this anyway yeah they're not gonna ban people they're just gonna you're not gonna have access to that catalyst and everything and uh, if you cheesed it you're gonna have to do get some legit uh tributes yeah. just like they said that's fair yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair, too. Yeah. They are being very transparent about it, and they're being very upfront that this is what's happening. Um. So, yeah, I think that it was the right move for anybody who did it legit, and then the person next to them went and cheesed it in 30 minutes, and they got the drop. So, yeah, makes perfect sense. It keeps things fair, and... They don't have to resort to banning people or, you know, negatively impacting you as a player because you chose to use the cheese. So that was pretty much the weekly update. Was there anything else in the update that you uh, guys want to talk about before we move on? Uh, player support um, section brought up some interesting things. Um, they said that the uh, they have something about the tribute hall triumphs for exotic weapons. They said in last week's blog we clarified which weapons and armor from the menagerie contribute to tribute hall tri triumphs. This week we'd like to clarify which exotic weapons provide bonus progress. And these exotic weapons include Legend of Acarius, Terabah, and Bad Juju. Players should be aware that truth does not count towards these triumphs, and neither does the quest version of Legend of Acarus. And they say the version of Legend of Acarus can be identified by having no catalyst socket or ornament slot, having only a single round in the magazine, and having the Shock Blast intrigues it, Intrinsic perk. Players with this version of Acarus can upgrade it by completing the exotic quest that begins with On the Comms. I'm not completely understanding that. Um, totally. No. We clarified. Are they saying yeah. if you do the menagerie with those weapons equipped? Is that what they're I saying? I think so, yeah. I think it's saying the... the yeah, yeah. So Legend of Acrius, Tarabar, and Bad Juju will give you bonus progress in in the menagerie to Tribute Hall Triumphs. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's it's a little confusing. It is. Maybe I think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then they're just pointing out that it's got to be the right legend of Acrius as well. Uh. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah. Then the next paragraph, there's another uh, thing of confusion also. Too. They say uh, with the recent rollout of 2019 Moments of Triumph, we like to clarify a point of confusion which has emerged among players. Currently, players can complete only 22 of the 24 total tri- moments of triumph. The final two triumphs will become available with the launch of oh, Solstice of Heroes on July 30th, 2019. In the meantime, players will be unable to complete this seal and earn the MMXIX title. For more information on the Solstice of 20- Heroes 2019, stay tuned to their news page. So, Yeah, that's just talking about that. those. I think there's three actually. Maybe they've not mentioned one. I thought there were three, three triumphs that you couldn't complete because there's, uh, what are they? I literally just wrote about this today as well. There's, there's one that just, um, no one seems to understand what you need to do to unlock the triumph. There's one that's to do with the solstice armor, and there's one. Uh, that's to do with masterwork. Mm. Any piece of majestic solstice armor, which sounds like it's a, d- a different variant, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense that you wouldn't be able to masterwork any solstice armor. Yeah, you know, if they're talking about the 2019 solstice armor. Yeah, yeah. So maybe well, I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's that's interesting that they're only saying that there's two going live next week. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, but we will have to wait and see and monitor the progress of that. And uh, we'll definitely uh, make sure to keep you up to date on this on the podcast. And I'm sure Jamie and the Destiny News Hub will also be reporting on all of this as well. Oh, yeah, you bet. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be focusing right on this. Very cool. So we have a tradition on the show before we wrap things up for the evening. And we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. Between one and five, (laughs) one being really nasty spicy tuna that'll probably make you sick. And five, meaning you're getting the most bomb-ass spicy tuna you could ask for. Or spicy nigiri. Depending on who you ask. (laughs) Uh, I think I think this is like a two for me it's 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 not that it's not that great I mean just a lot of like uh PSAs and things like that you know um uh, just informational you know things letting us know that Iron Banner's next week and everything you know just um not too exciting, I. But yeah, I, I I can't really say much more. I guess that's a two. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm going to agree. It's like it's been left out in the sun for a like or, or in your car in the sun all day, but it's not going to make you sick. That's that's where I'm at with this tuna roll. <laughs> yeah, you really don't want to eat it. Yeah, you like, yeah, you're really hungry. You know, it's, it's just <laughs> it's just you know okay enough to consume yeah any any more like an hour more and you'd be like nah i'll just not eat (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think uh the feeling is going to be unanimous this week uh i would also give it a two out of five i don't think there was much there 
Um, I appreciate the fact that they went out and said, we're not going to ban people for using the cheese. Um, we're not going to do the, we're not going to go the I, anthem. I do route. also think that at the same time, taking something away from somebody who are, who's playing your game. Yeah. I don't think it was necessary because here's the thing. If you have a player base that is enjoying your game, however they want to play the game, if it's not a competitive game mode, I don't think it really matters if you got the catalyst or the emblem. Well, I mean, if you take that yeah, Juju and the Crucible with the catalyst, then it becomes competitive. That's yeah, the thing. They're cheesing their way to get a catalyst that will change how that gun behaves. And you take it into Crucible and then it becomes... You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It becomes... I just... I, I it becomes a, think there are other options in the game where they didn't really need to take that extra step. Like, I, I appreciate it. I get what they're doing. But at the same time, if they're trying to keep people playing the game, some people might be like, oh, well, I can't have access to this anymore. Well, okay, I'm not going to play then. And who does that benefit? Well, I think more... Even more though that that them doing the chest nerf, you know, I think that's, that's kind of another thing. Yeah, killed the, I, you know, that's killed the menagerie a little bit. A little bit. You know, I haven't played it since. Yeah. I haven't played it since. So I mean, it's but then again, I can't say much because I haven't played Destiny in a week. <laughs> yeah, you've been I've on had the Mario, the Mario train. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe what they should have done. Did you guys but, see the someone on Reddit put up a Thomas the Tank Engine catalyst for for bad juju? well what was it it was like i don't know what it was i think i think basically it was they took a bad juju and put thomas the tank engine's face and skin oh. on it um, <laughs> so maybe what bungie should have done is just they did that. do that to everyone who's got who's cheesed the bad juju just just give them that version and it's just a really rubbish weapon you know what i want destiny to do i want bungie and destiny i want them to do a crossover event with some major franchise like oh that would they, be cool you know, yeah how you know you know how you know how franchises do that game you know like Fortnite will go with like marvel avengers and things yeah, like that Monster Hunter Square went with like the witcher 3 didn't it yeah i would like to see bungie do that sometime should do a yeah, bungie I, should do a crossover i'd like to see them work with bethesda or um cd project red because, I mean, those are companies that are really good at creating MMO experiences. So I'd love to see what they can create together. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, event-wide, you know? I would like to see, like, what if they did a crossover, like, I don't know, like, um, I'm trying to think. Like Star Wars or something like that. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, TV, or Ninja Turtles. Or Ninja Turtles or uh, something The Ninja like Turtles that. would be pretty or, wicked. <laughs> Instead of fighting the Cabal, yeah. so, we're fighting Ninja Turtles. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Stranger oh, Things. Crossover with Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, man. It would be so perfect for Shadowkeep. Riven teams up with a Demigorgon, and you have to fight both of them at the same time. Yeah. You got the freaking Shadow Monster out there during Shadowkeep, you know, and then the Stranger Things logo comes up and it goes... Doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see more console in the background waving. <laughs> I would love to see that. That'd be so cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. Stranger Things is my favorite show. I'm, I'm mid I season three right now. Yeah. It's so good. So good. I mean, I, I got it. Uh, man, 
I watched all season three and it's oh, oh man, I, I still <laughs> have not watched season two. I have to catch up on season uh, two of it. Uh, but once I finish that, season... I'll, I'm definitely going to dive into season three and uh, get caught up on that show because it's such an awesome show and I can't wait it to check so it out. It is so well written. So well written. I love the actors in it. I love the characters. I love the music. The music is oh my god, the music is so good. Yeah, the whole the whole thing's awesome. I love it. It's amazing. Absolutely. Definitely. So, Guardians, we have come to that time where we wrap things up for the evening. And before we let you go, Jamie, uh, first off, thank you so much for being on with us. It was such a blast hanging out and talking about Destiny and learning about what you do in the community and learning more about Destiny News Hub. So we really appreciate you being on. I know it's getting kind of late where you're at as well. Um, so before we let you go, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, that's a great question. I am on Twitter probably the best place to to follow me at uh at jimbo underscore ms um and then i i sort of post everything there or i'm vaguely trying on the side of everything else to build up a twitch channel which is uh it's just jamie's on twitch uh, so twitch.tv forward slash jamie's on twitch um and that's that's kind of the the, the two best places to find me that's where i'm trying to focus my efforts and like i'll share everything i write on twitter and i whenever i play game whenever i feel like creating something like video wise i generally opt for a stream so that's those are the two best places to find me very cool and of course you can also find destiny news hub at destinynewshub.com oh yeah definitely all, all my destiny writing is is focused on there that's where Trying to build it up to be just one of one of the the best places for the destiny destiny community to get news, but with kind of more behind it, if that makes sense. Very cool. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and streaming on the Destiny Show Twitch. And on the Destiny Show podcast at twitch.tv forward slash Destiny Show. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We are part of the Robots Radio Network along with other awesome shows like the Hidden Pixels podcast and the Fallout Lorecast. And you can find the Destiny Show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and more. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com and you can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. We also have a brand new Patreon page where you can support the show directly and get some cool rewards in the process. And you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash The Destiny Show. And Guardians, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the podcast. 
Next week, we are joined with Moonvald from Planet Destiny. We're going to learn much more about Moonvald and what she does in the community. And we're going to learn a bit more about Planet Destiny and what they do. So, Guardians, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. Have a good evening, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hi, I'm Sebastian Azaro, and I'm inviting you to the Hidden Pixels podcast, a show exploring those gaming stories you might have missed on your first playthrough, whether it's a side character's dark past or a small piece of information that changes the entire fictional universe. I'd like to share with story lovers and gamers alike. From Nintendo to Bethesda to your favorite indie games, we're looking at all different types of series to find these hidden stories. So join us every two weeks on the Hidden Pixels podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcatcher. I can't wait to share these stories with you. Thanks.